Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and Pastor Adam Osher wrap up their discussion on Article 15 of the Augsburg Confession, looking at a New Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary. Whatever your vocation is, start here, go anywhere, grounded in God's Word. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right. Uh, we are in our New Testament uh, section of uh, talking through the 15th article in the Augsburg Confession and Apology. And uh, today we're in 1 Corinthians 14. So for our free Lutheran friends, this, this episode is dedicated to Dr. Munseth, who liked to yeah. quote, especially the last verse in the text we're going to read. Our, um, our lovingly, yes. uh, our loving Barb, and I, I even joked with Dr. Munseth about this in <laughs> seminary while he was alive. So uh, we used to always joke this was his favorite verse in the Bible, because for him... <laughs> Maybe this or 2 Timothy 3, 16, yeah, 17. Yeah, the, the, the inerrancy is, one. But, yeah. but for him, all church practice... Mm-hmm. Came back to First Corinthians fourteen forty. Everything, I probably heard him in a seminary class refer to this verse at least two hundred times, <laughs> and, 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 and that's that's low probably. Right. But let all things be done decently and in order. Yeah. And from our perspective, in doing the New Testament study on this article, it's just going to be so calming and soothing that right. the rest of this passage is straightforward yeah. um straight no, no controversial to to topics no controversial involved. whatsoever <laughs> i'm scared of this one <laughs> i'm just gonna own it right off absolutely the bat. terrifying yeah. <laughs> right yes well i i preached to this maybe two years ago and yeah there were controversy some intro- interesting conversations after that uh, based off of some of the things related to women and the church, women's role in the church. But, uh, you know, like you said, Jason, before we started the record button, you know, this is about a worship service. And and I think that that helps us understand uh, this, you know, Article 15, connecting it to now a New Testament text. And uh, maybe I should just read it and we can uh, start our discussion. Yep, go for it. Mm -hmm. So 1 Corinthians 14, verses 26 through 40. And read in Jesus' name. This is God's word to us, uh, and we'll read it. So it says, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three, and each in turn let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in the church and speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all be encouraged. And the spirit of the spirits of the prophets are subject to prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. As in all the churches of the saints, the women should keep silent in the church churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Or was it from you that the word of God came, or, or are you the only ones it has reached? If anyone thinks that he is a prophet or spiritual... He should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So, my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. 
but all things should be done decently and in order. And here ends the reading of God's word. So, amen. We've got. <laughs> you didn't even say amen. Jason. Yeah, right. gotta start with amen at least. Amen. Amen. I just my mind is going all over the place with this because we're not only touching on the, the subject. Oh, we of, don't have to talk about all the things uh, here. I mean, women in ministry, uh, women's yeah. ordination, but also speaking in tongues speaking is in your tongues, bonus topic. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. This is, I mean, let's first be honest yeah. that the word of God is sometimes a hard thing to, to deal with. It's, yep. it's now in, in that confession, let's wrest that confession away from the mainline liberals who then say that the word of God is impossible to understand hmm. and that salvation is unclear. One of the baseline confessions of the inerrancy and the authority of scripture is that scripture is clear in all matters of salvation. Perspicuity. Yeah. The most unclear word. Yeah. I mean, right. clear. The, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you say perspicuity, that. you definitely go, oh, that totally means clarity. Yeah. It is one of those things. With, it, it fits right in with my pet peeve where, where theologians like to use the Latin phrase of something and then immediately explain what it means. You know, like we yeah. did that two episodes ago with ex opere operato, yeah, 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 and then yeah. you had to define what that means as perspicuity. What does that mean? Clarity. Why didn't you just say clarity? You know, that sort of <laughs> thing, right? Uh, so there are sections of scripture mm-hmm. that are difficult to understand, right? And those sections have zero impact on the message of the gospel. Correct. They are still scripture, but they are not parts of scripture dealing with salvation, right? Correct. And and here's where our first disclaimer of the day is, uh, if you are listening today and disagree with what we are saying, so long as you accept that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that you are forgiven for Jesus' sake and not by your own works, mm-hmm. we consider you a brother or a sister in Christ. And then they hit the pause button. And pick up next Tuesday. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, listen to us, Uh, criticize us, provide us with feedback. Uh, If we didn't want any of that, uh, we wouldn't be doing a podcast (laughs) or inviting it. Let's chat online. Send us Uh us email, you know, feedback. But yeah, to it's Jason. Yeah, feedback. <laughs> we don't have individual. No, yeah, let's, right. All feedback because he's now the rookie goes to Adam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for the next 40 episodes, Adam's only dealing with feedback. <laughs> Smart inboxes are a beautiful thing. All right. But yeah, so yeah. That, that's the first thing we we need to get out of the way is that this is this is a difficult passage that has produced a division in the church, mm-hmm. or at least this in the family of scripture passages yeah. that it comes from various other places in the epistle. Uh, and and elsewhere, right? Uh, So with that being said, Mm -hmm. where do you want to go, Brett? Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, we're talking about order in the church and and the things that we do, thinking of especially like worship services. And, uh, you know, right away in verse 26, it says, when you come together. And so there's a, this is what your time together should look like. And, and you almost get in this verse kind of like an order of service. You know, each one, there's a hymn, a lesson, you know, revelation, uh, tongue, interpretation. Some of those things are you know, interesting to wrestle through. Uh, but it's almost like the listing off of a, a bulletin in it's a way. It's highly liturgical. Yeah. Highly liturgical. So, so the way I'm envisioning this passage going is baseline foundation layer is the authority of Scripture. And, and, you know, people who are inclined to disagree with this, you have the option of just throwing this passage 
altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the option of making it merely contextual and, and, and historical. But the, the second layer after that is that the, the specific setting of what we're talking about is confined to the public worship service. And, and this will round back to what we talked about last week with Nadab and Abihu, is that there are specific ways we do things because of worship, because of the divine service. Again, we're not playing it fast and loose right. with how we interact with God yep. and with the realities He's communicated. And it's this is not this is not talking about uh, a seminary classroom. Mm-hmm. It's not talking right. about well, a, like verse thirty-five yeah. in the, talking about the for woman speaking. It says in church. Yeah, you know, there's a connection to. Our, our time together yeah, as a congregation. Th- this is this is not talking about any of that. We are talking about a public worship service. And so if there's going to be discussion and debate on this topic so that we're not yelling past each other, it has to be in this passage recognized that is the setting, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, where do we go from from there? Well, I just, yeah. as I look at this, I see, I mean, let's just look at some of the, instead of looking at the controversy, let's look at what, it, I mean, some of the things we would understand and agree with. You've got all of these different aspects, like we said, of the order of scripture and the intention of the time together is for building up, right? Mm-hmm. The end of verse 26. Yeah. And the building up in what? I mean, it's building up in the confidence of the finished work of Christ. Mm-hmm. I think that that's where we, we need to be thinking about this passage. That's the direction. That's the focus. That's the um, that's the aim of mm-hmm. what we are to be in worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a very symmetrical structure to these two paragraphs in Scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, end of verse 26, let all things be done for building up. Yep. Edification. Verse 33, right in the middle, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And then verse 40, right at the end, let all things should be done decently and in order. The, the, the guiding principles of what is going on in this passage and in a divine service is the encouragement of the gospel, mm-hmm. that we're not burdening consciences by confusion or, 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 or almost like a discord or a dissonance sort of a thing. And then everything will be done decently and in order. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think there's a valid argument here to be made against those who are overly concerned about things like the spontaneity of the, the spirit. You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's one of those tongue-in-cheek things that uh, we can only know that the Spirit was working in a situation if something random and spontaneous happens, right? <laughs> something totally unexpected. We forget that God designs all of creation at the beginning of Scripture in six days to operate with a specific function and order. God is a God of order. And, and I think what we're talking about in verse 40 isn't so much a Robert Robert's Rules of Orders parliamentary <laughs> procedure right. kind of thing where yeah. you know you're out of order. We got to right. do it this way. This is a creational language. This is mm. the language of God acting through His Word, mm-hmm. and and, yeah. and, and which that fits is the, the you know creation, fall, redemption uh, what, arc of yeah. It fits that paradigm with creation, fall, redemption. Mm-hmm. It also fits what you talked about in verse twenty six, Adam, where. Uh, it's let all things be done for building up. Mm-hmm. At, at at the point when the divine service, the the scripture isn't the focus of the divine service. At that point, we lose it. The mm-hmm. whole thing is gone. Right. And and then we get lost in the weeds. I think it's interesting in twenty six as well. You know, it says when you come together, 
each one of you has these things. It doesn't say each one of you should have these things, huh. right? It's each one of you does. Everyone has their own idea of how things should go, and above all else, it needs to be in in order. So it's like it, part of it speaks to the idea too that when I go to church, it's not just about me. You know, it's not about what I want. It's not about what I'm thinking it should be or, or forcing my way into to uh, how things ought to be run. But it's an idea of, okay, yes, I have these, and, and it might be good. You might come to church with this idea of, hey, I'm really meditating on this passage out of James, and the pastor preaches out of Romans, and you're like, what? You know? Yeah. <laughs> how how, how dare he? he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and, and that at the same time, we're focusing on, uh, it, it's the idea of focusing our minds on that singular, uh, that singular purpose of worship. Well, and, oh boy, there's a lot to be mined there. That's just a tremendous yeah. point, Adam. Yep. I, I love that you brought it up. There, there's so much of what the worship service is about that we come with our own idea of what we're going to get out of it, mm-hmm. uh, almost our own agenda. But so does God, right? God mm-hmm. has an idea of what he's going to give us in worship. And now there, there is nothing wrong with you going to divine service, being excited about the music that day or, or being excited. You know, like, we didn't mention this a couple t- weeks ago, but, uh, maybe uh, a sermon that you're excited or preach. a sermon yeah. I'm excited about, or, Oh, wow, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, the, one of the benefits of the lectionary is that, you know, what's coming up, you know, you can look and say, oh, this is what we're doing this week, right? Uh, was really interesting what you brought up with this idea of what you're going to get out of worship is uh, I, I've just wrapped up my doctorate program and, and my research on this, and I actually tested this okay. uh, with one of the questions. Uh, so the the field research for my, my major applied project in my doctorate ministry class, I taught a seminar on the um, second article, or on the whole Apostles' Creed section of the catechism because I had to really narrow down catechesis to something that was workable. Uh, And so if you want to know what the content of the class was, go back to like the episodes in the 40s that were on the Apostles' Creed, and that was the content. Uh, For the class to measure how effective it was is I gave a short answer survey and a multiple question survey at the beginning of the class before I taught anything. And then at the end of class, I gave the exact same two surveys and I measured the change in responses. Uh, One of the outcomes of that that was unexpected is that uh, the way you phrase questions matters. And and so I kind of fleshed that out in my final paper that I'm kind of bad at asking certain types of questions. And so one of the questions on the multiple choice part of that survey was, why do you go to the worship service? That was the class or the question. Now in the class, I directly teach that the purpose of going to church is so that we would receive the forgiveness of sins. That's the whole focus of scripture and the focus of service. That's the purpose of church. But I had as the, 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 the question, why do you go to church? And of all of the questions, that was the one where the answers changed the least because I left that subjectivity open. And, 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 and I think about it now, I didn't think about it when I was writing the paper, that that is actually exactly what's going on here and what you were talking about, Adam, is that we all have our different motivations. Uh, like I get super excited during Advent and Lent in the church year because it's just an excuse for me to sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel and <laughs> O Sacred Head Now Wounded as often as possible, yeah. right? Yeah. But no matter what our reasons, if we're coming with the hymn that we want to sing or a lesson mm-hmm. that we want to hear or 
a revelation, a tongue, or interpretation yeah, for right. whatever that looks like today. Right. The, the important thing is that God has content in mind for us to receive, mm-hmm. and, and that starts and ends with law and gospel right. uh, for your forgiveness. Right. And, I, and I think, especially in this text, you know, thinking about prophecy, and, and I think we can think of the gift of preaching, uh, the opening up of God's Word. And you just mentioned law and gospel, but you know, when we come to church, and no matter what kind of style preacher we are, but to have law and gospel uh, come through clearly, uh, God does his work in our lives uh, through that. Yeah, the, the forth-telling rather than the foretelling right. style right. of prophecy, which is you know, the proclamation of law and gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in a um, if if I'm incorrect in this, you, get, you guys feel free to correct me. But the proclamation of law and gospel in a setting, and and a lot of times to a point. So in our in our setting, maybe we're in a a church where we're going through something together, right? Uh, to focus in on a passage of scripture. Similarly, when uh, we as pastors, we've all served. You, you two are now. I I did previously serve as pastor. Go to visit people. Right, I, I don't read to them Nadab and Abihu, and, and well, <laughs> I'm thinking nursing home visitations now. You know, yes. Nadab and Abihu. I, I don't go in there talking about you know, unauthorized yeah. fire. I'm talking about the comfort that is there in Christ. Yeah. I'm talking about you know God is our refuge and strength, our every present, yeah. our, our, our ever present help in trouble. You know, it's appointed application of law and gospel, proclaiming the truth. Mm-hmm. Now, God's if word. you were ministering to someone who is trying to break an addiction to smoking. Would you bring in unauthorized fire at that point in time? <laughs> Maybe. <a> self-reflection? <laughs> Maybe. Or somebody who's looking for a fun band name. Yeah, the, like yeah we exactly. Talked we about talked about yeah, yeah, the death metal yeah. band, unauthorized fire. So we got five minutes left. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we've been talking the last few episodes about should we do this or that or this this thing this way? Um, I think I sense even among us as we look at this text of, you know, our worship services don't necessarily have maybe everything that's included in, in these verses. Uh, but the, in terms of like nobody's speaking in tongues uh, in our... Or English. Or, or Is English. it tongue? Yeah, okay. There, <laughs> there, there you go. But I, I guess let's try to connect all of those dots together of... Uh, thinking about our original topic of, you know, looking at Article 15. And, sure. Yeah. So, you know, and, and eventually in the last five minutes, we are going to have to uh, address the 500-pound gorilla riding the elephant in the room <laughs> uh, for that image. But this is a smaller section in the bigger picture of the body of Christ functioning as the body of Christ with the giftedness of the Spirit. This is a spiritual gifts passage. And and actually, uh, as you look at it, this passage isn't really about women in ministry, although you get yeah. a uh, you get a real condensed three-verse punch yeah. uh, in the middle of it here. Especially chapters 12 through 14. Yeah, 12 yeah. through 14, yeah. mostly about speaking in tongues. Yeah. And it's mostly, again, about order and, and clarity in the church, peace in the church. And, and we get the picture of the Corinthian church, which is as far of a model as a functional, <laughs> well-ordered church as you possibly can get. Just read yeah, through yeah. the Corinthians. There's right. so many uh, things. But but one of the images we get is that people would just stand up in the middle of the gathering and just start talking. And and, and then and then someone would get one of those liver shivers and stand up and, and start speaking in tongues. And then this person over here and this person over here. And like Ray Stevens... The yeah, Mississippi Squirrel. Yeah, the the big uh, Big Ten Squirrel revival yeah. or whatever that song is. Yeah, it's it, it it was the equivalent of a squirrel running through the congregation <laughs> and just random things going on. Thank you, Ray Stevens. Uh, but uh, 
there, there needs to be order again because at the very beginning, at the outset, that Adam rightly identified is there is a purpose, mm-hmm. there is a goal, there is if you want to be really fancy with theological language, there's a telos mm-hmm. to the service. Ooh. Is that you walk out of church with the assurance that your sins have been forgiven, you leave mm-hmm. with the with the knowledge of where you stand before God because of what Jesus has done for you. Yep. And if if we distract from that or subtract from that, uh, that's unauthorized fire. That's what leads mm-hmm. uh, to to needing to have a command in Scripture: let all things be done decently and in order. Right. Yeah, it's opposite of confusion and disorder. You have, you know, peace. And order the the thing that stands out to me is that phrase at the end of thirty three peace right not not God is not a God of confusion but of peace the mm. the purpose of the service you know is is to be done for building up and that leads to peace jumping it, it's late in the game to jump outside of the passage but I think we'll follow the chapter before this is we can do all of these things but if it's not done in love. If it's not done in Christian love, and I, I found this to be very interesting. I think it was Tom Rainer, and I think it was the, I think it was Tom Rainer, um, the book "I Am a Church Member." Is that Rainer? Yeah, you know that's yep, Rainer. Yep. He talks about how First Corinthians thirteen is probably a far more applicable uh, chapter for a church council. Yeah. Rather than a, a for a wedding, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And he talks about that. And so the purpose of this is if I love somebody in the biblical sense, I'm caring for their soul, I'm desiring to build them up, and I want their peace. That is what worship is supposed to be, mm-hmm. right? And all of that centers on how does that come? It comes through Jesus. It comes through a proclamation of law and gospel, the truth of God, mm-hmm. uh, and the forgiveness of sins, in the blood of Jesus. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 13 is the chapter of vocation. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk about Colossians 3 really serves that function, but 1 Corinthians 13 is describes what vocation looks yep. like in real time, Love right? for a neighbor, yeah. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and what's so interesting about what you just talked about too, Adam, so often conflict is mentioned as the opposite of peace. But here confusion is. Right, right. And mm. it's, it's the mm-hmm. same sort of Deal. What you want is reconciliation and comfort. Yep. And yep. either conflict or confusion create that. And, and maybe there's even room to say a lot of conflict is a result of confusion, of misordering what God has ordered, right? And so I'll just do it now because we got like 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, yep. Our understanding in light of everything we've just talked about of the role of women in the church is that God in his grace and in his wisdom has made the office of the ministry, the pastorate, available only to men who are equipped and called. And, and, and we were talking about this off the air as we prep for this. I think we'll give credit to Lisa Cooper for this, mm. who eventually said, when we say that the office of pastor in our confession is mm-hmm. off limits to a woman, we're not saying that it is available to all men. Mm-hmm. The office of pastor is likewise off limit to a man who is not called mm-hmm. and who has not been trained. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like a man can just step in and be a pastor. Uh, for uh, it, Without fleshing it out, our understanding as, as what people would call the complementarian position or whatever, our understanding that of women's ordination in, in that argument isn't a valuation understanding. It, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it is, in fact, an understanding of God's designed order mm-hmm. for the church from his word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Well, is that the final word for this <laughs> episode? Well, well, I guess Remember, we'll, yeah. all emails go to jason.goodham. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll find yeah. out one way or the other, and sure. all, all those emails will be forwarded to Adam, and, and, yeah, and in due right. time, if there is criticism or discussion to be had, again, we appreciate your feedback. Yeah. Uh, we, we appreciate everyone who's done the work for us of right. promoting and making people aware of the podcast. Yep. And we did say we're kind of due for some Q&A, so... Yeah, be be, keep that if in mind. If you have any questions, yep. maybe not necessarily, well, if you do have questions about today's topics, but <laughs> nice try. Uh, uh, of any any other, any topic for us uh, to, if you have any questions, send them in. Uh, all right. Us. Yep. So, all right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. For the latest from the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary in Plymouth, Minnesota, visit flbc.edu. God bless you and have a great week.